Rome is a city that's meant to be looked at, and I sometimes wonder, you know, if these Baroque fountains, do they exist in the same way without people looking at them? Hello, and welcome to The Low Season, a podcast about tour guides navigating a pandemic. I'm Wouter Bernhard, a tour guide from Berlin, and for this episode, I spoke to Francesca Caruso from Rome. For a long time, Francesca couldn't stray further than 200 meters from her house. Restrictions have lifted a bit and she's now able to explore a bit further, but the city remains a weird sight. And you know, even silly things I realize with these masks, you can't see smiles anymore. So it's all about the eyes now. Francesca and I had some connectivity issues, meaning that halfway through the conversation, I couldn't really hear Francesca answering the questions anymore. So if it sounds like I'm not really properly answering to what she's saying, then that's because of that. Without further ado, here is Francesca Caruso. So to answer your question, your earlier question, the weather is uh, actually fantastic here in Rome. The sun is shining and it's uh, everything is blooming. And yesterday we have officially entered phase two, which means that for the first time we could leave our um, homes for more than just bare necessities, which means the closest grocery store and the pharmacy, that was it. And we could go to the park to exercise. We still can't go with our friends, eh, but... Uh, going to the park was uh, revolutionary. How long has it been since you haven't been to the park? Uh, over over 50 days that I haven't win- been within 200 meters of my apartment. How does that yeah how does that feel to sort of be I mean you could still go outside but it, it's not really the same is it? No, it's it's not the same, and uh, and uh, because they were so uh, insistent on the fact that we literally stay home, and I don't have a dog that I can walk fifty seven times a day, which seems to be <laughs> have been one of the solutions. Um, I, I think a lot of us felt great anxiety when we did uh, leave the house, and I even realized when I went to the grocery store, you know, standing in line and letting just a few people in at a time, there was this fear of uh you know of uh of not respecting the social distance of touching things of interacting and you know even silly things i realize with these masks you can't you can't see smiles anymore so yeah 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 it's all about the eyes now and it's really strange especially for a country like this now that's all about uh body language and uh connections it's it's been a little rough so yesterday it felt extremely liberating and nature is always a very good place to go to. Can you tell me a bit about your own uh, living situation? Do you live by yourself? Do you live in the center of the city? Um, yeah, just tell us a bit about, or paint us a picture about what your living situation is like. Ah, yes, of course. So I live in, in, in the city of Rome. I don't live in the historical center, uh, but not too far from it. I work in, I live in a working class neighborhood southeast uh, and most of this developed around the 1950s. I live in an apartment building on the top floor. I live on my own. And at this time, everybody I love uh, is very, very far away. Mm. And uh, aside from my friends that I can't see, but um, everybody's very far. I have my mother in Sicily and everybody else is in the United States. So it's really rough right now. How do you, how do you guys stay, stay in touch? Well, um, I'm 
not very good at uh, at social media. I'm not even very good at uh, video chats, but we talk uh, talk a lot. And I realize that I've tried different things. I tried Zoom, but I have always been a very one to one person. And uh, uh, I have to say that in depth uh, conversations with my loved ones and my friends have been really what has been keeping me sane. You know, conversations as if we were sitting at the bar, but far away. How how could you maybe paint me also a bit of picture of what the city of Rome? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, you. I, I wanted to say how it looks like, but you, of course, if you can't stay, get more than two hundred meters away from your apartment, then you also really don't know, do you? Well, it's interesting. There have been a lot of um, videos of Rome that have been made with uh, with drones. Uh, that have been posted and uh, really rather haunting images of the city. And, you know, especially I think for people like us uh, whose workplace is the city and, you know, who devote so much study and so much attention to describing it, but we're used to seeing it with a human element. And uh, for me, it was uh, shocking to see the bare bones of the city without the human element in these videos. And, you know, at first, I, I just rediscovered just how stunningly beautiful the city is. But then there's this um, this melancholy uh, aspect of it. And I sometimes wonder, you know, if these Baroque fountains, do they exist in the same way without people looking at them? Mm. Because, it's, yeah. you know, Rome is a city that's meant to be looked at. It really is. It implies the viewer in a very intense way. It's a city that has always wanted to seduce in some way, uh, to persuade, to seduce in many ways. So without the, you know, without the person to seduce, without the eyes of the people and the people sitting on the fountains, what do those fountains really mean? So I guess I'd never realized that before. Have you? How 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 do you? Or maybe how 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 has the crisis impacted? Um, your look on your own profession. I, I understand you can't guide anymore. What, what, what sort of insights have you had over the last couple of months about what you do as a guide and and yeah, what you can't do anymore at the moment? Well, it's been it's been pretty tragic because I work only with uh, with foreign visitors. I uh, with English speaking, mostly uh, North Americans, and Rome is a city uh, that relies very heavily on foreign visitors. Not all places do, but Rome does, and so it's gone. And we're realizing that it's not going to come back anytime soon because so many pieces have to fall into place. Borders, airlines, uh, aside from, of course, the, the basic safety, you know, that we're looking into uh, next year uh, for it to be timidly coming back. So we're all we're all, I think, very frightened right now. And, you know, it's interesting, last year at this time, we were all bitterly complaining about over-tourism and how, you know, how can we handle the crowds and over 7 million visitors at the Colosseum? This can't go on. We have to rethink this. And then here we are with absolutely nothing and nobody. So it's kind of shocking. I'm never going to complain about the crowds again, I can tell you that. Yeah. So we're just, I think we're all a little bit stunned. And I think a lot of people are doing, you know, lectures and videos. But, you know, it's really true. This is this is a job that relies on presence. It really does. The presence of the art. Yeah. And the presence of people with the art. 
and I, I really, I, I really think that that can't be substituted. I mean, I'm glad, and I'm, I really admire people who are doing it. But I, I just ultimately, this is making it clear to me than ever that travel, that nothing is ever going to substitute the experience of being, uh, being there. Because I'm sorry, but looking at a statue. Uh, in its presence and feeling its aura and looking at beautiful pictures and videos, it's just never, ever, ever going to be the same thing. So I wonder if when we will return to look at these things, we will have a completely different and renewed sense of wonder and appreciation and depth of experience. That's what I predict and hope for. Can I maybe ask you to tell me a little bit about um, the the guiding profession. Um, I think a big difference between, uh, for example, Berlin uh, and Rome is that in Berlin you don't need a license to be a guide. Could you tell me a bit about the procedure in, in Rome? Yeah, that was something that was absolutely fascinating to me as I listened to some of the uh, some of the interviews and the conversations you've had with other guides, because here it is uh, it is actually a profession and uh, and one has to have a license in my day i got my uh, i worked a little bit without a license for uh, just for a while but then in 99 i got my license and and at that time you became licensed for the city and the province so as a rome guide with my license i could not uh, i could not guide in florence or naples things have changed since then and now it's a national uh, guide license. Uh, so if you get it, uh, if you get it in Venice, you can absolutely be a guide in Rome too. So that's been a very interesting evolution, uh, for certain, but it's a profession. So it was very interesting to me that you were talking about talents going elsewhere here. Everybody is very, very keen on, on maintaining this because it's their profession. It would be like uh, telling a lawyer that he has to do something, uh, something else. So, um, and I think that's why it's so scary because a lot of us have not done much else in their lives. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years now. And so if I had to rethink myself professionally, that would be very, very frightening. I mean, I must admit my mind does go there uh, a few times a day, but I really hope not because this is my profession. It's my vocation. It's, it's my life. And I would really, I, I really, I, I want to think that I will be able to to resume to continue. Yeah, kind of the the what I think is um, is I interesting here is that many people in Berlin maybe don't feel like this this work that they're doing is really career worthy. I, I think when you have a license, when you have to study for it for maybe a year, even two years. Um, it maybe feels way more like this is a profession that you can do, that you can choose and eventually can do until, yeah, your retirement maybe even. Yes, absolutely. Yes, but although that made me think because it's it's true, let's be honest, there, there are a few prejudices against our, uh, around, let's say, our profession, even here. Um, it's, you know, a lot of people think, oh, lucky you, you, you know, you're outside all day talking about art. It's, you know, it's like, it's like a vacation, which of course one knows that it isn't. It's very hard work. There's so many things that you have to think about for certain. 
um and also yes that it's it's kind of fun it's a more of a vacation thing instead no i mean here uh we we end up having to defend our profession also with uh, with friends uh, who work in different fields in italy it's you know it's fascinating to me that for example my north american travelers always think that it's a very dignified occupation and a lot of even my friends here in italy think oh you know that's a sort of fluffy job that you have but no it's for us it's a career and we continue investing in it um and um and it's our life it really is it really is and so it's it's a lot that's being taken away from us right now you see it's uh it's it's a real it, it's almost becomes existential because our profession as guides is so tied up with our lives and who we are and our identity that it's um it's it's proving to be rather complex right now what about um what about the future um you said you said something earlier about um everybody complaining that the um f the tourism was overcrowding the city of rome now everybody's of course complaining that there is no work um is this do, do people see this do you see this as an opportunity to maybe um change uh tourism maybe slightly for the better Oh, absolutely. I you know, I keep reading this thing that every disaster is an opportunity and how uh you know uh, I was told the other day that President Obama said don't let this crisis go to waste. And so I'm very interested in this idea. This might be a unique opportunity to rethink travel. I mean, I think a lot of this will correct itself. I mean, travel had become something so easy that I don't think much thought was even uh, put into it anymore. I think that we're going to rediscover. Uh, first of all, I think there's going to be an incredible hunger for the authentic. I think we're all overdosing on the digital now. And the, I, I think that there will be a hunger for the authentic, for the real, for the tangible. But I think also travel might become something that answers different questions and i think that it will be more thoughtful it will be more careful uh, and i think i honestly think wonderful things can come uh from this experience i really do i want to think this what what about your um what about your um f future or what 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 are you personally planning to do in the next couple of months Well, I'm I'm just going to try to resist. I mean, I'm going to continue. I'm going I'm rethinking all my tours. I'm uh, I'm studying really hard. I'm trying to re reflect on 25 years and where I want it to go. I want I'm I'm rethinking content and I'm of course thinking. I'm I'm monitoring the situation because I want to go I want to get back out there. I I really do. So I'm going to I'm going to try to resist. I'm going to yeah, I'm trying to write. Uh, I mean, I'm not really big on these things. I'm not, I'm just not good at it, but I, I am starting to write my impressions and uh, maybe I'll I'll try my hand at that. But I'm just going to make sacrifices for the time being uh, and and get ready so that when we can get back out there, I will be ready psychologically and and uh, uh and just uh, with new things to say no i'm going i'm going to resist i mean if i can find things on the side great but i'm not i'm not uh i'm not giving up absolutely not well uh, francesca maybe for now i want to uh leave it here um i want to thank you so much for for talking to me giving me your perspectives on rome on tour guiding as a whole and i, I really hope that maybe we can speak again in the, in the future Absolutely. It was it was a pleasure and um it was absolutely a pleasure. So I hope there'll be other opportunities. Yes. Thank you.
That was Francesca Caruso from Rome, one of the most beautiful cities in the world with an incredible amount of history. And I think Francesca makes an interesting point when she mentions the beauty of it all and what it is meant for. So without the, you know, without the person to seduce, without the eyes of the people and the people sitting on the fountains, what do those fountains really mean? It was through the gaze of many a tourist that these sites maintain their value. But without the droves of travelers, they might feel a bit out of place in modern pandemic Rome. On the other hand, many of us also feel that our cities have been giving back to us. A part that was hidden or inaccessible due to mass tourism is all of a sudden available for us to enjoy. Francesca sums it up at the end of the episode when she mentions that the crisis can be an opportunity to rethink travel and tourism, that it can be more thoughtful and careful. I'm very curious to find out what you think about this conflict between mass tourism and having no tourists at all. If you want to join the discussion, come and join the Facebook group we've set up called Real Talk. I'm going to launch a whole bunch of interesting discussions relating to tourism and sustainability, to responsible guiding, and the future of traveling and guiding in this group. I'll also be sharing a whole bunch of extra content in this group as well. You can find Francesca's website in the show notes. One of her latest posts describes her being one of only a few people walking through the empty St. Peter's Cathedral. It includes pictures as well, and I have to say it's quite a sight being one of the few people out there. We're back on Friday with Lucy Gardner from Melbourne. We sort of already got hit uh, because of the bushfires in tourism. So we went from low season to mid-season to nothing. The Low Season is produced by me, Wouter Bernhardt. Music is by Mark Schilders. Artwork by Christopher White. Giorgio Riungu is my Fontana di Trevi. Speak soon, my friends. And you know, it's interesting, last year at this time, we were all bitterly complaining about over-tourism and how, you know, how can we handle the crowds and over 7 million visitors at the Colosseum? This can't go on. We have to rethink this. And then here we are with absolutely nothing and nobody.